What's up, friends? It's Haley, aka Bird, and you are tuning in to the Give Them the Bird podcast. This podcast is all about challenging what it means to be healthy and fit. It's about celebrating sustainable behavior change and non-scale victories. And most importantly, it's about giving the bird to the diet industry and societal expectations of body size. Why? Well, because at the end of the day, you have an entire life to live that does not require your body look a certain way. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's give them the bird. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Give Them the Bird. My name is Haley, aka Bird, and I'm so excited to be joined by Dr. Kim Daniels today. A little bit more about Kim before we welcome her on. She is an emotional eating coach with a degree in clinical psychology who's been working with clients who struggle with eating disorders and disordered eating for over 20 years. She is also a certified intuitive eating counselor and is the host of the Emotional Eating and Everything Else podcast. Dr. Daniels combines internal family systems and intuitive eating approaches to help her clients exit diet culture, make peace with food, and respect their bodies. All things that I love. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Kim Daniels. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Yes. I feel like we have just connected right off the bat. like Right off the bat. Uh, it yeah. always yeah. is that the people I really enjoy interviewing, they live like across the country and it's like... Yeah. I'm probably never going to meet you in person. <laughs> really there's, the, there's that. And it's like so many of my clients are people that I'm like, I would totally hang out with you, but I can't do that. Right. right? So it's, I know it's, mm. it's terrible. It's yeah. Terrible. Like I wish my yeah. therapist would ask me to happy hour or something. And she, I mean, she hasn't, which is great. I'm happy for her. That she's following like the code she is, or whatever. She's keeping boundaries. Yes. <laughs> but I really like her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, Kim, before this turns into me like doing stand up comedy, tell us a little bit more about you, where you're at, what you do, all the things. Okay, all the things. So I am in Hartford, Connecticut. And I know you said it's crappy where you are. It's a gorgeous day where I am. Oh, so I'm yes, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> I am technically actually in my closet. So um, yeah, it's supposedly it's better for sound. So mm-hmm. hopefully that's true. Um, so yes, I'm in Hartford. I have been out here for like 25 some years. I came out here to go to grad school. Um, I have a doctorate in clinical psychology. I have a PsyD um, and I've been working as a therapist. I mean, I think I was licensed in like 2001, which is mm-hmm astonishing. So I've been doing that for like 20 some years. Um, in the past couple of years, I've been kind of moving more into coaching, um, for a lot of different reasons, but mainly because the field of therapy is rough. Um, and, and, and I find that sadly there are still a lot of therapists and I used to be one who still focus a lot on weight loss. Mm. And so, um, finding there, I've had people, you know, kind of come to me and say like, you're the only person in the state and granted Connecticut's small, but still, um, that does what you do that sort of does that really takes like a health at every size and intuitive eating approach and doesn't like even like approach an eating disorder from like a weight loss perspective, which is a problem. So it's weird. It's like therapists are kind of the last one, like on the bus with this whole like anti-diet intuitive eating piece. And I'm not really sure why that is. Um, but it just seemed like there's not a ton of us doing it. So however I can kind of put, you know, have a, have a broader reach, um, I thought might be really helpful. And, and it seems like a lot of folks are, again, there's a lot of dietitians sort of out there doing this. There's a lot of trainers and a lot of fitness people, but again, the therapists mm-hmm. are kind of silent. So, um, and I do think it's a really important piece. Like, I think if you're somebody who really struggles with your relationship with food, yes, 
you know, meeting with a dietitian or some kind of coach in that area, super helpful. So is a trainer, but so is somebody with a, any kind of background in, in psychology or social work or whatever. So, and that's often the missing piece. Mm. So I've kind of been going more into, um, into the coaching realm over the past couple of years and, you know, developed the podcast and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so, and I know, you know, you kind of said this will be part of the question. So this is kind of part of my intro. Like I used to work with people on weight loss. Mm-hmm. So again, wow. I was that therapist, mm-hmm. right? So when I was doing my fellowship at a hospital, they started a weight loss surgery program and they were like, oh, Kim, Hey, you're really interested in eating disorders. You go do that. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't, I don't know that I necessarily agree with this. Um, but you know, it's seen again, I was still steeped in my own diet culture mindset. I was still sort of, you know, I work in a hospital where all anybody talks about is, you know, losing weight equals health, right? Weight equals health. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was like, okay, I guess I'm helping people get healthier. I guess I'm helping people make their lives better. Mm -hmm. Um, And it seemed like in the beginning, that was the case. And, but it's like, as the years went by, it was kind of like, oh my God, people, like people are regaining, people are developing even different eating disorders and not everybody in a large body has an eating disorder. So it's like, there were so many assumptions being made about people and just, it it wasn't the magical fix Mm -hmm. that so many people are led to believe it is and are desperate to believe it is. And I totally get that, right? Um, but again, the statistics aren't great and the, the psychological statistics aren't great afterwards. So, um, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not saying no one should ever do it. Your body, your choice. Absolutely. I think there are probably people that it probably has saved their life, Mm -hmm. but the map, but a lot of people are just, again, it's, it's people coming, people would come in afterwards in worse shape than where they started. Even people who lost and maintained you know, hated their bodies more afterwards than they did before. So, you know, so thankfully it's like over the past few years, I've kind of like, oh, I don't really do that anymore. And really just, I, I couldn't even tell you the story. I wish I could of like where I even heard of like intuitive eating. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I think it was because I had a client who reached out and she was like, listen, I'm really tired of therapists promoting diets. Uh, like, do you work from a health at every size perspective? And I had heard of that and I had looked at, you know, I kind of looked it up, whatever. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I think that kind of led me more into the, the intuitive eating path. And cool. um, yeah, yeah. And then just, you know, kind of like personally, I think I followed the same thing. I was never, thankfully, I'm somebody who's always been pretty much in a straight size body. So <clears throat> always hated it, of course, and thought I was huge, just like everybody else. Um, but I like, I, you know, I tried dieting when I was younger and I just couldn't do it. Like I'm one of those people. It's like, I cannot override my hunger cues to save my life. I can't do it. If I'm hungry, I'm eating period. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I tried like the, uh, the cabbage soup diet and made yeah. it like 10 hours. <laughs> I didn't even make it a day. <laughs> like, I was like, no peanut butter and jelly, like, forget it. So I like, I couldn't do it. And then I felt like a failure because I couldn't diet. So whatever. Um, but I definitely, you know, I would say I kind of, I kind of went more towards the, you know, like I was a vegetarian, I've been a vegetarian on and off for sort of ethical reasons too, but also like, Ooh, that makes me better, you know, cause oh, clean eating makes me yes. a better human, you know, that kind of stuff. And so more on that route, 
Um, and like, I remember, you know, I have a, I have a daughter who's 15 and it's like, there was a lot of stuff even when she was little that I'm like, no, we don't keep that in the house. We don't have that, mm-hmm. you know? And I remember <laughs> she was at my brother's house one day and she's like, why don't we have pop tarts? Like my cousins get to eat pop tarts. Why don't we have pop tarts? And I literally said to her, because I love you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what oh my God. Is that? <laughs> like what? <laughs> Wow. So yeah, seriously, I don't give you the bad stuff because I love you so much. And it's like, oh my God. I mean, if you can see us now, mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> complete the opposite, but all of their, honestly, there oh. still has never been pop tops in my house, but she hasn't asked for them, yeah. but you know, so really sort of figuring out like the whole, I mean, not just for myself, but for my daughter, it's like, and I'm a single mom, so it's just me. Mm. So it's like, what, what is the message that I want to give her? And I mm. don't want her to get, and she is like, literally, she's like, this big she is super duper tiny and she said to me once when she was like eight she's like I sometimes I really hate myself because I think I'm fat now I like this is a kid who like fell off the growth chart at like six months old she's that small right like there's nothing not nothing about her is fat in any way shape or form and I'm not saying that's bad but um but she like that's not accurate Mm-hmm. It's not accurate. Right. And I literally, I just burst into tears. I was like, I can't, I like, I, that is the one thing, mm-hmm. like, that's the one thing I do. And I couldn't protect you from that. Wow. Right. So then it just sort of became this, okay, we have to like, we have to just not pay any attention to this and we have to mm-hmm. actively avoid this as much as possible, which is impossible. Right. Um, but for her sake, like we're, we're not, it's like a no holds barred. Let's make sure we have is, you know, all kinds of varieties in the house and we mm-hmm. eat all kinds of different things, but you know, we're probably going to the shake shack after this yeah. for burgers and fries. You know, that is that point though, is like, I think we've, I've, we've talked, I've talked about it with someone else before on the podcast, like the idea of we can have all the best intentions, know all the things, right? Like be working, actively working to help other people you know, resist diet culture and whatnot. And yet like our own offspring, our kids, like we can't protect them from everything. And no no matter how, no matter how, um, non-diet or anti-diet or weight neutral our household is like, that just shows like how pervasive diet culture is. Absolutely. It it literally infiltrates them, like regardless of like, we're not the only influence on them, you know? So, um, yeah, that is, that's, that's wild though. Yeah. Yeah. And then I feel like I went way into the anti-diet space. Right. And I know you talked to somebody about that a couple episodes, which I absolutely loved because it's Mm -hmm. like, we've almost taken that to the extreme, you know, and thankfully I have like an intuitive eating dietitian that I refer a lot to here in Connecticut. And she and I have talked about that. It's like the anti-diet is the new diet. Right. And so I went like, it's like, I went way overboard on that too. And so now it's like fine. And I feel like with myself, with my daughter, with my clients, like I'm in that space of like, you know, the pendulum was here then swung yes. way over here. And now where's this, where's the messy middle? Where's the happy mm-hmm. medium where we can land? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, we're not going to eat cupcakes all day, every day, but mm-hmm. we're not, we're going to go to our favorite bakery and get cupcakes when we mm-hmm. feel like we want cupcakes. Right. Yes. Um, so it's, so it's all that to say, there's no, there's no perfect formula. There's no perfect mm-hmm. anything. And it's mm-hmm. always kind of in flux. Yeah. So yeah. 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 And it's I been, find that, yeah. yeah, I find like that happy medium, that like middle ground gray area. It is, I, I also think that it's different for everyone and it's, yes. even, I find it's different for me based on like the season of life. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, you're so right. You know, yes. like 
Yes. When I was preparing for a wedding a few months ago, it was like my happy medium is going to be a little bit closer to one side of the pendulum, but you know what? Yes. I'm not going to judge it and I'm just going to allow it to be. Otherwise, it's going to create so much more stress and anxiety. Absolutely. For me, you know? No, so, you're absolutely right. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. And it's like I do have clients who, you know, really are feeling like I can't move easily. Like I can't. And it's like, oh, okay, like, so let's not focus on weight loss because that just does not work, right? Right. But how do we focus on all these other health promoting things? Because that's a real thing, Yes. you know? And so it's like, what do we need to do about that? That might be more, like you said, it might be a little more on this side than we would want it to be. But I also feel like they spent some time on the anti-diet side. And I think you have to do that. We were just Mm -hmm. talking about that in one of my groups the other night that like, you have to go through that process of like, everything is on a level playing field. Everything is acceptable. Mm -hmm. And then you sort of go, okay, but Mm -hmm. you know, when I eat all of those things, here's how Mm -hmm. I feel here. How's it, here's how it impacts me. So let's, let's figure out again, where that middle road is. So Mm -hmm. I do think you have to kind of swing it way over and then pull it back. I totally agree. I totally agree. And I never made that connection until I did a podcast episode with, um, well, well now she's actually, she works in Colorado as a, she's an eating disorder dietitian, but at the time she was here in Iowa city, um, Mm. Alex Schmidt, she was on, I think her, um, Instagram handle is now nourish with Alex. Oh, nice. Um, But anywho, she's amazing. But she described it to me that way. And I was like, I never thought about that, that like, there's this one side that's the clean eating, the strict, the oftentimes like disordered. And then on the other side, there's this, you know, fuck it all. Yes. Like cookies and ice cream. And I don't give a shit. Like I'm not going to move. And then it's it's like, I had to experience that to be able to be like, oh, actually my body's craving celery and my body's craving movement right? and be able to like added into my life how it made sense. Cause I feel like yes. until we have that, like that, um, intrinsic pull to do something, it's like, I'm always going to be doing it for somebody else. So I that that's such a good point. Yeah, like I love, such a good point. I never thought about that pendulum str- spring or mm-hmm, swing, but mm-hmm, now I've heard it mm-hmm. from so many people. I'm like, <laughs> it totally makes sense. <laughs> that's a thing. Yes. Well, and I, and it's funny because I was just talking about the same thing with another, she's kind of a wellness coach. She, mm-hmm. uh, she and I are kind of a staff on an IFS training, which I know we'll get to that here in a minute, but we were just talking about, we were just talking about that because she, you know, and I don't know exactly what her approach is, but she has a lot of different certifications and different nutrition and all this kind of stuff. And she was sort of saying, you have to, it's like, it has to become intuitive. Mm. Like we just sort of say, oh, become an intuitive eater. Just bleh. And she's like, but you have to sort of introduce, if you're somebody who's been, been like eating nothing but fast food all the time, you're not going to intuitively want celery because your body has completely forgotten what that's even like, mm. right? So it's like, it has to become intuitive, which I never really thought about it that way either. Mm-hmm. That you have to sort of add this stuff in in a way that maybe doesn't feel like super genuine to you and maybe it never will and then just get rid of it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to sort of say like with, with movement too, mm-hmm. like to go from, you know, doing absolutely nothing, you're not going to all of a sudden be like, I love this. Yeah. Right. Right. So you're going to have to do it for a while before your body really 
starts asking for it. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, same thing with food. And I, I thought, again, that was a great way of putting it. Like, yeah, you know, there's, you have to sort of, you have to sort of kind of, I think, experience both sides and mm-hmm. then figure out what works for you. And then yeah. it becomes more of an intuitive process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is a, I am going to have to reflect on that because that is such a good point. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't, it, yeah, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not automatically intuitive no. when we've been doing something that else that's been, in, when something else has been intuitive to us for, such for long so time. long. Right, oh, right. Yeah. I gotta that makes sense. on that. That's, good. that's really good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you mentioned, yeah. you mentioned IFS. Yes. And mm-hmm. um, for folks who obviously didn't hear us talking before we hit record, right. I'm so freaking excited to hear about this. <laughs> Kim literally emailed me like two days ago and she <laughs> said, I do this. And I was like, well, for one, I love talking to therapists because I just feel like, or psychologists, whatever. I just, whatever. Yeah. I just want to get in your guys' your head. But <laughs> And then when you said that, and I did like a quick Google and I was like, oh shit, I got to clear my schedule. Like, I got to take some vacation time. I got to schedule this. So what the heck is IFS? Like, okay. we have to know. We, we, have, we have to know, inquiring minds. So IFS stands for Internal Family Systems. Okay. And I will tell you, and I said this before, like the disclaimer, like it sounds kind of batshit crazy. So I like anytime I have, so sometimes I get clients and I do IFS in coaching and in therapy, but sometimes I get clients who specifically are looking for that. They know what it is. They've heard of it. They've had somebody else, whatever. Um, and some of it, or some of it, like some, some of them like have listened to other podcasts that have talked about IFS. Like, um, I don't know if you ever watched like Queer Eye, but Jonathan yes. Van Ness, his, he's a big IFS person. Oh yeah. So his getting curious is like all about oh. IFS. Yeah. I've never watched, is getting curious. Is that a show or is it a podcast? That's his, um, I think it's a show now, okay. actually. I think he made it into a show. Yeah. 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 Oh, so he oh actually had the guy who created IFS as a guest on his podcast. Okay. So yes. Mm. <laughs> so even people like that, like there are more people putting it out there. So it's, yes. it's kind of exploded in the last couple of years. Um, and the person just, just a tiny little history, mm-hmm. like the person who created it is a, as a therapist by the name of Dick Schwartz. And like, this has been going on for like 30 some years that mm-hmm. he started this and he started it when he was working with eating disorders, actually, he was working with young women with eating disorders. And so he was somebody who was trained in family systems and family systems therapy is kind of all about looking at the family, obviously as a system, hence the name. Um, and it's kind wow. of like, ah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and, um, and so it's like, when you change one part of the system, the other part changes, right? So it's not just like, okay, so parents bring their kid in and say, fix my kid. Cause they're the one with the problem It's like, mm, no, the whole family has this systemic problem. And as soon as we change this, we're going to change this. Right. Mm. And so he started noticing that all of his clients were talking about like parts, we're talking, we're using the word parts, right? And we've all had that experience of saying, well, part of me wants that, but part of me doesn't. Part of me wants to leave that job, but part of me just thinks I should just stay here. You know, Mm. part of me wants that cupcake. Part of me says no, right? Like we've all used that language, right? So we started noticing that so many of his clients were talking about, well, part of me really wants to stop binge eating, but part of me feels like I can't. And so he really started like really digging deep into that and, and sort of created this whole kind of model that is called internal family systems, you know, again, 
Um, not super creative with the naming process, but it is what it is. <laughs> Um, and so IFS basically says that we don't have just like one overarching personality. We have many different sub-personalities and they all have different jobs. They all have different feelings. They all have different thought processes. They've all sort of learned different things from different experiences. Um, and so, you know, and we call those parts. Okay. And so, um, like if you, did you see the movie Inside Out? by any chance, the Disney Pixar movie. Okay, so that's IFS, yes. right? So she had these five parts in her head. She had joy, sadness, anger, fear, and envy, I think it was, right? And so like you saw throughout the movie, they would take over at different part at different times, right? So we have part, you know, so like we have, well, we have parts that are really good at parenting. We have parts that are good at our jobs. We have parts that, you know, are kind of doing their own thing, right? Mm -hmm. So to, I mean, to go a little bit deeper into it, we have different types of parts. We have what we call like her protector parts and we have our exile parts. Okay. So our exile parts are the parts that are carrying like the pain, the parts that are carrying shame, sadness, you know, parts that have sort of developed after trauma, mm -hmm. after, you know, different, uh, like what we call like an attachment injury, you know, somebody, you know what I mean? Like a, par a parental yeah. like break or whatever. Um, and so those parts, you know, those parts are kind of, you know, if you think of like sadness and inside out, like she would have been an exile part. Joy was always kind of like trying to push her over to the side. She's going to ruin everything. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have parts are always kind of like trying to like push those over to the side, because if sadness takes over, like life doesn't go so well. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we, our parts, our exile parts really, it would, it would be hard to live our lives if you're, if you're re-experiencing trauma all the time, right. Mm -hmm. And experiencing that and, and, and feeling all of that. So, and these parts tend to be stuck in the past. So, you know, if you've ever had the experience of feeling like, I know when I go home to visit my family, my, my family's in Ohio. So I have those, the Midwestern roots as well, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I feel like a teenager, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's like, we're, we get stuck in that sort of teenage dynamic. And I have the older brother who's, you know, always been like kind of the bully and all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's like, that's because those teenage parts kind of start running the show again. And they don't get that. I'm not like, I'm 50. Like, I'm not, <laughs> like I don't live there anymore. Like, I don't have to talk to my brother if I don't want to, like, whatever, mm -hmm. we don't have to do this anymore, but our parts get stuck in the past. Right. So very often to kind of bring this back to like food and eating, well, and okay, so there's parts, but we also have a self. Um, mm -hmm. So, so um, you know, Dick Schwartz, when he was kind of developing all this, started realizing that people would also talk about sort of this part that was like really curious. Again, curious is a big word in IFS, right? So really curious and really compassionate. And he would say, oh, like kind of what part is that? And they would say, that just feels like me, right? Mm -hmm. So when we peel back all the part, when all the parts kind of step back, we have this sort of core self that he has like the eight C's and I always forget all of them, but it's like, you know, compassion, um, calm, um, clarity, connection, confident, um, and again, curious and a few others. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like, you know, we, when, if you've ever had that experience of feeling like, like, this is just who I am and everything is okay. And I got this. Like wow. we would say that's in self, you are in mm -hmm. self, right? Now, again, you probably wouldn't get much done if you were walking through life, like always like in self, right? <laughs> right. So, you know, again, we have plenty of parts that are just kind of doing their thing and getting us through the day. Mm -hmm. 
we have parts though that again we have these exiled parts that are carrying the pain and sometimes they break through because they get triggered right mm -hmm. and then we have sort of what we call like these kind of protector parts that are um that are often seen as like psychiatric problems right but there's still ways of sort of helping us right so like anxiety is a really good example like i tend to be kind of an anxious person but when you think about it it's like if i if i sit here and say if i can think of everything that could possibly go wrong right i mean that's going to drive me crazy mm -hmm. but i'm going to feel like okay I'm prepared for anything that comes my way, mm -hmm. right? So like the, so anxiety has a function, mm -hmm. right? Depression can have a function. You have parts that are depressed. It's like, if I feel overwhelmed by, by my job or whatever, if I'm home on the couch because I'm depressed and I can't get up, that, that helps that, mm -hmm. right? So we have parts that sort of take on these jobs that, okay, yeah, maybe they're not, you know, they're causing other problems. They don't realize that but they are trying to be helpful mm. right so like in fact like the latest book that dick schwartz wrote was called no bad parts like all of our parts like ifs is very non-pathologizing we don't mm. see any of these in fact we don't really like even diagnosing people because again that's sort of saying you are depressed mm. you know and it's like you have an eating you are a substance abuser and it's mm -hmm. like well how do i how the hell do i get out from under that mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. But it's like, no, you have parts that use substances mm -hmm. to distract and numb you. Right. Because you're getting triggered. These exiled parts are getting triggered mm -hmm. and it's too hard to deal with. So let's just numb it out. And again, going back to food, very often that's what food is for people. Mm -hmm. Right. So you have parts that, um, you know, I, I like I have sort of these little cheat sheets that are kind of freebies that we can kind of talk about. But, um, you know, most people have like a comfort eater part. Most people, and more than one, right? Because like I have, you know, to give an example, like I have a part that, and I'm like totally rambling. So if you have no, any questions, I'm loving it. Like, I'm just like, my, I'm like making connections with myself. <laughs> okay, good. Like, this is good. So this part here, this yes. part here. <laughs> so like, so when I started, like I started getting trained in this, like, like seven years ago. So I, um, so I, I remember coming home one night and it's it been a long day. I was working in a hospital at the time and I used to do 12 hour days there. And I went home and I was like, I just want M&Ms. I want M&Ms, whatever. I'm not hungry, but I want M&Ms. And I was like, okay, time out. So, and this is kind of what we do with IFS. It's like time out. Let's kind of check in there. Let's see who's kind of talking. So when we talk about like your thought process, those are actually parts talking. Mm. Um, so it's like, you know, I remember just going and sitting on the couch and being like, okay, so what, what's going on? Like what part of me is, what part of me is kind of, you know, activated right now. Um, and there was a part that was like, well, I know that you just worked all day. So I feel like you need a reward, but I also know that you're going to probably like do the laundry and clean up the house and blah, blah, blah. And the only way that I can reward you is to give you food because you can eat while you're doing other things, right? So I have this part that's like, I'm gonna have you just eat the M&Ms because I know you're not gonna sit and do other things that might be rewarding for you. So here's the one way that I can fix this for you, okay? Interesting. Yeah, right. And then I have other parts that I definitely have a part that like, you work harder than anyone else in the world. <laughs> you deserve, you know, the, the ice cream or whatever. Like I have that part too. And I have to kind of go, okay, like <laughs> that's not super accurate, but thank you. <laughs> right. And it's like, again, these parts are just trying to be helpful. 
right? Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to be helpful to you because you have a part maybe that's feeling super overwhelmed. And so if I, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you M&Ms because then that'll make you happy and you don't feel overwhelmed anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. So very often, again, it's like we have sort of these, these parts that are getting triggered by whatever they're feeling stressed or feeling overwhelmed, they're feeling sad, they're feeling whatever. And we have parts that have learned that food helps. Mm. Right. And so that's why it drives me nuts when people say you have to end emotionally eating. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's total bullshit. Like, no, you don't. Mm -hmm. That's not realistic. Right. Because that is a way that again, our parts have learned to be helpful to us and they mm -hmm. still get to use that way of being helpful to us. Right. Mm -hmm. Again, with sort of checking in, Right. It shouldn't just be this automatic. I want M&Ms. Go get the go get the M&Ms. Right. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I mean, sure, that's going to happen sometimes and whatever. Don't feel shame about that. But, you know, sort of check in and say, OK, why? Like what part of me is really leading me to that right now? Mm -hmm. OK, it's my reward eater part. All right. So I wonder I can still have the M&Ms if I want them, but I wonder if something else would actually feel more rewarding. Yeah. You know, so, or I'm feeling really stressed about something. Well, okay. I could go eat something and that'll help for, again, that will help for the time being. It'll take my mind off of it. It feels good. It tastes good, whatever. It's enjoyable, but it's probably not actually going to help with stress. Mm -hmm. So what would actually, what is the stress about and what would actually help me to really dial the stress down? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's all about getting to know who's running the show mm -hmm. at the moment. And again, it's like, I mean, there's a whole, an IFS therapy session looks very different or even coaching session. It's the right. same process either way. Looks very different than a normal therapy session because we really sort of go into it. Like some people come in and sort of say, um, this is what happened. Yes. Like, you know, again, like work mostly with people with, with who are struggling with eating stuff. So it's mm -hmm. like, I binged yesterday. So we kind of go, okay, let's see if we can find that binge eating part, right? Mm -hmm. Which sometimes it's like, okay, they're right there. Sometimes they're hiding in the shadows. <laughs> Nothing to see here, folks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and they don't want to be guy, found. Like... That guy, no, 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 no. You don't want to talk to him. <laughs> um, or, or it's just sort of like, we kind of have, you know, kind of you know, take a few deep breaths, go inside who really needs attention to mm. like right now. Right. And so it's like, okay, so we try to really develop a conversation between yourself and this part of you that we're trying to get to know. And the good thing about that is then you sort of go, okay, again, so like doing that work. Okay. I know I have this reward eater mm -hmm. who rewards me when I don't sit down. I know I have another reward eater who feels, you know, like, uh, mm -hmm. clutching her pearls, you know, because I work so hard. Right. So I know I can tell now I can feel, and we also really sort of say, where do you notice these parts in your body? Cause they live, our feelings live in our bodies. They're not in our heads. Um, so it's like, okay, I notice, oh, when I feel that part, I can kind of go, okay, I, I get that's who I, I understand who's running the show right now. Mm -hmm. So what do I need to do? So I can have a conversation with that part really quick and go, I get it. I really thank you, but you know what? Let's again, let's think about actually what would be more rewarding. Mm -hmm. I think it would actually be whatever, you know, whatever mm -hmm. else it might be. Yeah. Right. Or, you know what? I am stressed. You're right. So let's really sit down and think about what's causing that stress right now. And how can I really deal with that directly mm -hmm. instead of just sort of eating to kind of distract and numb myself from it. Yes. Okay. And I feel like I, I really like this because I feel like, again, how we were talking about like how anti-diet culture is, you know, just another set of rules and like diet culture yeah. and everything. I feel like this is one of those pieces that's like, well, 
if you want the M&Ms, just eat the M&Ms. But it's like, but I like this approach because it's like, but what's, what do I really need at my core? Like, do I need to comfort myself and maybe the M&Ms are it? Or do I need to deal with something? Do I just need to like kind of distract myself because I'm making a bigger deal out of something that, you know, is just going to blow over anyways? Like, I, I love that. It's asking myself like, what, what do I really need here? I can still Mm -hmm. have, again, I can still have the M&Ms. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you know what? Calling my friend while eating mm-hmm. the M&Ms maybe is going to help me a little bit better, <laughs> right. you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And there was, I, you know, I won't go into detail, but there was somebody who posted, there was like an anti-diet therapist mm-hmm. posted something on, on Instagram the other day that I was like, oh my gosh, because it was all about like, okay, if you want this, just have it like, ugh. and I was like, which again, fine fine, but like, let's check in first. Who's driving the bus right now? Because guess what? If you just, if you just take that approach, right, I'm going to eat anything I want, whenever I want, you're going to have those shame parts pop up later. Mm -hmm. And those critical parts, because we all have that critical part, you know, pop up later and go, why did you do that? Why did you do that? Like, oh my God, we've been so good, you know, and here you went and had the M&Ms. Like, what'd you do that for, right? So we we have parts that have absolutely internalized diet culture. We have absolutely internalized body hatred, right? And so, so you're absolutely right. It's like, it's just about, nobody's saying you can't have it, mm-hmm. but it's just checking in. And again, it's like, maybe the M&Ms are the thing. Mm-hmm. It's the thing that's going to work right now. And that's right. fine, right? It's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But there might be this other thing that you're actually needing. And, and that's just the smoke and mirrors on the side, distracting you from it. Yes. Maybe you, maybe you need to end your relationship. Like okay. maybe you need <laughs> to like quit your job. I mean, it mm-hmm. might be something huge that you're just like, I'll just eat the M&Ms and forget right. about that. Right? right. So, um, it may be, I was reminded by, you know, something really sad, a really sad memory that came up and I don't, you know, so you have these parts again, you have a, like a protective layer of parts that don't want those exiles to come out. So it's like, let's just tamp those down mm-hmm. and we can do that by distracting ourselves with one of the things is food. Obviously mm-hmm. there's other things that, right. that people use too, but, mm-hmm. and food is very often, it's like, we, we, we tend to pick up that coping skill when we're little right? Because we don't have other options. You can't go for a drive when you're five. You can't (laughs) schedule a massage, you know, when you're a kid, like you can't even go to therapy if you don't have a parent who's not taking you. Mm -hmm. Right. So like very often, like our, our parts that use food tend to be little kid parts. Mm. Right. And so, and it's like that. So now they've sort of taken on this job of, I'm going to make you feel better. Well, should a five-year-old be helping a 50-year-old feel better? Right. So one of the things we do is sort of go, okay, you know what? You don't even have to do this anymore if you don't want to. Mm. Right. So we, so we, so again, it's like, we get to know the parts and you know, like what's, what's the job that you have in the system. And a lot of them will say, well, I'm here to make you feel better. Or I'm here to like, whatever, when you're stressed out, I pop in. And sometimes we go, I hope you can't hear that. That's my phone ringing. No. Um, so, okay, good. I'm like, oh. um, <laughs> but, um, and sometimes um, I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. and sometimes they go, yeah. Sometimes they go, I don't really, I'm five. And again, this is where it sounds bad shit crazy, but it's like, okay, I'm five. Then go play. You're five. You don't have to worry about me anymore. Like, and that's when, you know, developing that relationship between the self, we really talk about the more parts that know that there's a self in there, who's, who's now running the show, the more they can kind of relax. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do this anymore. Cause there's, there's a grown up in the room. And I know that yes. now, 
Yeah. This makes yeah. me think of um, like inner child work. Totally. Because totally. I and I have totally. no idea how all this stuff intertwines, but my my therapist. I mean, I told, just told you the other day, she said something about family systems and it was right after I read your email and I was like, oh my God, this is fate. This is fate. But she's like, I would say very like, tri- like she's pretty traditional. Like we don't do, like I'm pretty open to woo woo shit, but like she's yeah. not super, doesn't do a bunch of woo woo, you know, like but very traditional, <laughs> conventional-ish. Yeah. And um, she had me do this like inner child meditation and it was like very similar to kind of, because the whole idea was like, my certain feelings or behaviors pop up as a way to like protect myself and it's like the inner child is like wounded and hasn't been healed and so she had me do this meditation and it was yeah it was wild i mean wow. not like wild but it was like very emotion provoking for me yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah but that's what it's making me think of and it was yeah. like the end of the meditation is like you can let the inner child go like you can take care of yourself now. Like that part of you is healed. And yeah. so that's what this is making me think of. Yeah. And it's very interesting. Yeah. Well, and we have this whole process that we call unburdening because mm-hmm. we talk about exiles are carrying burdens. So whatever, and, and that doesn't necessarily even have to be sort of heavy emotions. That can be a belief system, right? Mm-hmm. So like just talking to somebody yesterday about um, growing up with a step parent who didn't care about being a step step parent, didn't care about her. And so of course, as kids, we think the adults are always right. Right. So it's like, if this person doesn't love me, that means I'm unlovable. Yes. Like right? we internalize it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. So this, so she has, I'm sure more than one part that is carrying this and, and you know what we all do. I've never met anybody who doesn't have parts that think they're unlovable. That's what we're, to me, like everything that's considered like a psychiatric symptom is all protecting the, it's like a funnel. Like when we go get to the bottom, it's all just parts of us, little kid parts of us that are terrified that people don't love us and that we're oh. not good enough at the bottom of everything. That's what it is. Um, but it's like, so she, so she has parts that have this belief system that I'm not lovable. Right. And so we can, we didn't get to it the other day, but we can go in there again, find that part, right. Mm-hmm. Have that part, get to the, to, to know the self who's very, again, compassionate and loving and all that stuff. And then we, we go through this process that we call unburdening, where we sort of say, you know, would that part really like to let go of either again, the, the sadness it's carrying or the belief system or whatever. And then we sort of say, you know, if it's willing to some of them, it takes some work to get them there. But um, then we say you can, you know, do they want to give it up to like the earth, the sky, fire, wind, or like, or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I have people who are like, I want to like send it up in balloons or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we really kind of go through like this process of, you know, having them just kind of imagine that and letting wow. it go. I want to set that on fire. Okay. So how big is the fire? Let's really kind of whatever. And they throw it in there. And I'm, t- and as crazy as that sounds, it sounds like there's no way that would work. I mean, it works. It I mean, works. I can see it though, because even I just think about like visualization meditations yes. and how powerful they can be, you know? And yes. it's like, it, it is, there is something weird about like our psyche and, you know, just ima- seeing those things. And I totally believe it. And again, I went through this mentorship program that we did something similar with, which it sounds like it's again, super similar with limiting yeah. beliefs where it's yeah. like, this idea for me, I've, I've mentioned on the podcast before that like my 
enthusiasm and my energy and my friendliness comes off as unprofessional because I've been told that like in jobs before when I was a like very young or like believed mm. that I was too much and like you know all oh yes oh that yes was me. <laughs> oh same right? yes uh-huh and, and that was like a huge we I mean we did a whole like section two week week or two week section on like letting go of those limiting beliefs and Mm -hmm. yeah. So I feel like it's just a different way. It's all, it's all getting to like the same thing, but it's just a different way of approaching it. And sometimes one way is going to work better for someone else. So that's right. Really? It's weird. I don't really think this is that batshit crazy. Maybe I'm just, okay. (laughs) maybe I'm just that batshit crazy. Like, Glad to hear you say that. Yes. Because <laughs> some people are like, okay. But I mean, I, cool. and I have definitely had, I've definitely had, maybe I can think of two people over the years who are just like, I'm just not comfortable with this. Right. <laughs> and it's like, okay. And I could have forced the issue and said, let's right. work with the part that's not comfortable with this. Right. Oh. But it's like, okay, which we could do. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's like, if you're really going to be like, I'm just not doing this. And right. I, obviously I'm not going to force you to do it. Right. <laughs> but I honestly, I can think of maybe two. And plenty of people start off going, okay, right. um, but then, but it's like the more you, they get into it, they're like, oh my God, like, yeah. it's like, you can't unsee it now that you've seen it. Like mm-hmm. you just start noticing that's a part and that's a part and that's a part and that's mm-hmm. a part and wow. Yeah. You know, and it's, it, yeah. It also reminds me of how a lot of times with, um, like for people who have been in eating disorder treatment, um, there's the book called, uh, oh my gosh. What is it? Something about Ed. And it's about like, you like name your eating disorder is like separating it from the self. So I am not my eating disorder. That's right. That's right. Naming it and, or like naming your inner mean girl, which mine, her name is Rachel for me. Um, Rachel is just like a mean name, I think. (laughs) Sorry to all the Rachels out there that I know. (laughs) But um, yeah. And so that's what it makes me think of. It's like, just because again, even like what you mentioned about the, like diagnosing like anxiety and depression. So yeah. as somebody that has anxiety so often, it's yeah. like, oh, I'm just an anxious person. Right. I'm just, I'm just that way. So it's like, right. I move through life that way. And I like take it on as, you know, a characteristic when really it's like, no, it's a result of these different mm-hmm. parts. You it's know? just some so, parts. Yeah. You have anxious parts and you have not anxious parts. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. This is, this mm-hmm. is very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you can sit with those anxious parts and sort of say, what, what do you need from me? Mm-hmm. What do you need from me? And I mean, I've, I, I've seen, I've experienced myself, but I've absolutely seen it where it's like, because, okay. So lots of times we also say, we also say that like, we're blended with our parts. So mm-hmm. if you're like, if you're feeling that anxiety, you are blended with that anxious part. Yourself mm-hmm. is blended with that anxious part. So what we really try to do is get that, that anxious part to kind of step back, right. Or put some space so that you can, it's like, I always say, I can't, like, if you're drowning and I can't swim, Oh. There's no point in me jumping in after you. We're just both flailing, right? <laughs> or like <laughs> we're both drowning now, right? So, so, or, you know, like, uh, you know, or if you are my therapy client and you start crying and then I start crying, <laughs> like right. I can't be helpful to you. Right? <laughs> we're, just, we're just screwed at that point. So, you know, so it's like, we need some space between ourselves 
and that anxious part, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we can do that, then we can have a conversation with that anxiety as opposed to just, I'm just feeling it and I'm acting it and all that kind of stuff. And so Mm -hmm. that's a big piece of IFS is is teaching people. Like IFS really teaches you how to be your own therapist. Like Mm -hmm. after a while, you can do this on your own, Mm -hmm. right? And And you can sort of know how to get your parts to kind of step back. And then it's like, okay, what do you need right now? I'm feeling really anxious about whatever. Okay. Either again, you don't have to do that. I can take care of that for you or, you know, we can do it together or, you know, however, Mm -hmm. however, but it's like, we literally can sort of say, I really need you to either take a step back or kind of dial it down. And parts do that when they're being heard by you. Mm. Right. So much of this is a validation process as well. Right. Our parts get louder, the more we don't listen to them. Mm. Right. So it's like, if I'm, um, if I'm upset about something and I'm just ignoring it, that part's just going to keep getting louder and louder and louder. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, just even, just even sort of saying, I see you, I hear you, I get it. Like Mm -hmm. our parts can kind of calm down. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I even relate that to like, you know, with, with fitness, like with an injury, Totally. you know, like like shin splints. I meet with so many students who, you know, report getting in in, when it comes to like, you know, disordered exercise too, like shin splints when it comes to running and everything, but they have these like overuse injuries that we can stop them early on. If we're just, you know, tuning into our body. Attention. Yes. I love that. Yes. But if we're not, Mm -hmm. then I don't Mm -hmm. know what, you know, the inner part's just going to be like, you motherfucker. (laughs) I'm literally. I said stop. (laughs) Like now it's time for stress fractures. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's an excellent metaphor. That Mm -hmm. totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I can see how this really just from as a, you know, an intuitive eating counselor too, and something that I practice, I can see how it weaves in really well. I'm curious though, like what, how you might explain it to something like, or to someone, how IFS and intuitive eating work so well together, especially in your work with people. Yeah. I mean, I think there it's very, um, it's both of them really focus on the body, which I think Mm -hmm. is really helpful, right? You know, so much of intuitive eating is checking into the body. And so is IFS. Like we get so much information from our bodies. So that's a big piece of it. But I think that it's also just the anti-diet piece. Like IFS is very, in fact, like the IFS Institute put, just put out this big thing that was like, we don't buy into diet culture. We don't believe into any of this. So, and we actually look at like IFS also talks about like, you know, we talk about burdens. We talk about legacy burdens, things that get handed down to us. Like diet culture is a legacy burden for sure. Right. And we're all just kind of carrying it around. Exactly. Exactly. And so just knowing being again, like, you know, you might, you might be really noticing by, by practicing intuitive eating, you're really looking at your relationship with food, right? And so then you're more able to sort of notice the parts of you that are involved in that process as well, right? Like if I'm really trying to be an intuitive eater and I'm really stuck on this spot, okay, what part of me is not afraid to let go of dieting yet? Mm -hmm. What part of me doesn't feel safe with that yet? You know, because people, I'm sure, like, as you know, are terrified to give up dieting, right? Those are parts of you that have used dieting for whatever reason, for however long. And it's like, wait, what? You're going to take that away from me? Which is why you can't just stop it, yes. right? So, it, you know, which kind of brings up this other piece of like polarizations, right? So we talk about like, we talked before about the pendulum, right? Yeah. So, you know, we would say you have like a part or parts that is very invested in diet culture and weight loss, right? And then you have your binge eating parts that can't stand that, you know, your eating parts that can't stand that stuff, 
right? So it's like, you might have these parts that are restricting, 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 following this diet plan, whatever. Eventually one of your eating parts is going to be like, fuck that. I'm hungry. I'm sick of this. And it's probably going to lead you to food in a big way. Mm-hmm. Right. And then all of a sudden, so they, and that might last for a night, a month, a year, who knows. And then those dieting parts are going to have to get louder and say, you know what, now we're cutting out all the bread. Now we're cutting out everything, right? And then eventually the pendulum, you're going to bounce back to this one again, right? right? So it's like, it's a great way of, again, figuring out like, where's the middle ground here? Mm -hmm. Like we need to get everybody to the table and sort of say, what's going to work for everybody involved, right? Mm -hmm. So, and again, I think those can be sort of intuitive eating and IFS process. I think intuitive eating is just so helpful and in getting people to understand how they use food and how they view food. And yeah. like IFS just kind of comes right in underneath that and supports mm-hmm. it in an, in an emotional way Yeah, that intuitive eating doesn't necessarily, cause that's not what it's there for. Right. Um, but yeah. it just gives that added, I think, understanding of, mm-hmm. of your relationship with food. Yeah. I, I like to how there's um, the ability to like separate the binging from who I am as a person like that is a different that is a part and I you know like yeah I really like that because I meet with students because they I mean people beat themselves up for it right absolutely and that's Mm -hmm. the whole part of the cycle and it's Mm -hmm. like if we can Mm -hmm. rather we can see oh that part of me was binging because it's feeling this kind of way right what can I do to take care of it kind like that's right that's oh right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not this thing that we have to get rid of. Yes. It's this thing that is trying to be helpful. It needs to like, right. It needs help. Of and exactly. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like it aligns really well to just like the connection with our, with our body and mind, like understanding our thoughts, I think is such a huge piece and becoming a, just the awareness piece is so totally. huge and intuitive eating. Like I exactly, see, you know, that's like the first step is always like, okay, let's get in touch with, you know, you and your body before we even try to, you know, start totally. moving or start whatever it is, like feeling your, your fullness and everything. So totally, yeah, I can totally. totally see how these two absolutely over overlap and everything. Yeah. And I think there's gotta be, cause again, there's so much for so many people, there's so much anxiety about switching from dieting to intuitive eating. And it's like, again, I mean, intuitive eating is written by dietitians. Of yes. course they're not like, they don't, they're, they don't, they're not going to be talking about the emotional, like how to do that from right. an emotional standpoint. Right. So that has to be the piece. Like you could have somebody who, again, is sort of following almost like a diet. This is what I'm supposed to do next, you know, but that's only going to get so far for a lot of different reasons. But one of that is because you're going to have parts that eventually are like, yeah, but I'm really not going to let you do that because we need to be dieting. because we have parts that hate our bodies. We have parts that again, turn to food, like all that kind of stuff. Right. And we have to work with those parts or it's Mm. just not going to get us anywhere. Right. It's like, you you have to fix the underlying issue. Otherwise, again, intuitive eating just becomes another diet. And when you don't intuitive eat, then you've broken this non-food rule. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It is so, it is so wild. I mean, again, this like all comes back to what we first started talking about too, with like the diet culture and anti-diet culture and the whole idea of it's all just staying stuck in this black and white and like absolutist thinking, you know, it's like absolutely perfectionism fuels eating disorders and disordered eating. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. and again, when you, when people, I feel, and I feel like what has caused a lot of it is people thinking that they know intuitive eating, but they're not actually educated. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, There's, there's that. (laughs) 
they haven't actually you know done the work to be a certified no. intuitive eating counselor or no. you know they probably haven't a lot of people don't even know that there's a fucking book you know it's, it's, <laughs> so true. it's just a phrase you know? yeah, yeah. So. and they've completely forgotten about the general nutrition piece that's yes. the thing that kind of drives me nuts it's just it, intuitive eating is all cupcakes all the time that's all it is yeah and i remember when i was going through the certification process evelyn tribbley was talking about that in our little group she was like no wonder everybody thinks that if you look on social media it's a it's a cupcake or a donut and yeah. every post about intuitive eating they're like she must be like stop it. yes it's literally like <laughs> cupcakes donuts yeah. there's some pizza in there and some ice there's cream and it's like <laughs> I, I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions is it that, really like, is you know and yeah. Yeah. You can eat whatever and nobody cares. No, yeah. that's like, not it. That's that is not one it. piece of this 10 piece of pie. Right. <laughs> one, you know, one piece of the one 10 piece, piece pie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Pie is another one. I, I see pie a lot. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things. Exactly. Oh but it's an intuitive eating pie. So it's yeah. fine. <laughs> wow. I am so, um, I can't wait to learn more about this. And okay, um, cool. I had told you before how I literally only listened to like half of one of your episodes. And I was like, yeah, she's coming on. <laughs> okay, yeah, I like cool. Her. I love it. <laughs> but I'm really excited to dive deeper into cool. your podcast and just like, cool. yeah, to learn more about this. Because oh, I think it, it does make awesome. a lot of sense. It does. And I, again, I mean, some people, whatever, but I, but I, I, for the most part, in fact, (laughs) I remember when I was going through the training, there was like a staff there. When you, when you go through, there's like three levels of training for IFS and they're Mm -hmm. like these very, it's, it's a lot of work. So you go in for level one. And then once you graduate from level one, um, you can go back as like a, a staff person to help out, right? So that's kind of what I'm doing now. But I remember one of our staff people, she was like part of the, like a demonstration and, you know, we get done with it and the trainers work their magic, whatever. And she goes, man, this shit works. <laughs> we were like, we need a bumper sticker. IFS, oh this shit works. This <laughs> shit works. <laughs> Oh my God. So, I mean, it is, it really, again, it's like, I'm glad that you don't think it's nuts. You're like, oh yeah, I'm going to tell her it's great. And I'm not going to release this episode. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But it really, it really is such a fascinating way of looking at things. And again, Mm -hmm. therapists use it, but coaches get trained in it. Like people, like dietitians get trained in it. Like not, you don't have to be a therapist to use it. Like it really is just a great way of living your life, Mm -hmm. you know, getting to know the parts of you and why you're doing what you're doing. Like Mm -hmm. that's super interesting. Um, but, and even from a fitness perspective, you yeah. know, it's like, why am I pushing myself? Why am I li- not listening to my body? Like all that kind of stuff why am is I, super helpful. Why am I not motivated? Why am why I, am I, I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The part, gym, yeah. gym intimidation, like nervous. That's oh my right. God. I yeah, absolutely. I totally see it overlapping mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you, I think you talked really well about like how it helps with the emotional eating, like trying to understand Good. it. I'm curious if there, I'm curious if there was anything else like, even just like for people who feel, you know, like they are struggling with the emotional eating, what would be yeah. maybe like a first step or a tip you might give them? Yeah. Even though I know that like, <laughs> this isn't a five-step process. <laughs> well, are 25. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. You know what? I think it's just listening. You know what I mean? It's like taking that, taking that break. Like I always, I came up with this phrase of like, you know, like approaching food with like calm awareness. I don't know. I don't know. That's like the 
the phrase du jour. I don't know these days, <laughs> but, um, but it's like to be able, not being judgmental, right. Cause you're going to have a part that jumps in to judge that. And it's like, again, let's be being curious when you, when you really flip that switch to I'm curious, there's no, there's no judgment in curiosity. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, why do I do that? Isn't curious. Right. Mm. Why did I do that? Is curious. Right. Mm. So just every time it's, and again, you don't want to be like, I'm going to sound like diety. Every time you go to food, I want you to (laughs) like, no, you know, I mean, that'd be great, but like, Mm -hmm. you don't have to do it every time. But like when you notice, especially, especially if you're kind of practicing intuitive eating and you're kind of like, okay, I'm realizing I'm not hungry. Like what's going on. Just notice the thoughts that you have in your head right now, what is sort of, I really want these because whatever, that is a part, Mm. right? So start thinking about those as like little separate little personalities in there. Like I always say, we all have multiple personality disorder and it's not crazy. Um, There's a little personality in there that for whatever reason wants food. Mm -hmm. So, so just listen to what it's saying. Like that's the first step, right? Mm -hmm. So, and again, I do have like these little freebies that you can, um, yeah, yeah, they're like, what is that? I have to look on my wall here. (laughs) Um, bit.ly slash eating parts. And it's just like the four, like four of the parts that I tend to notice a lot of people have like the Mm -hmm. comfort eater, the rebellious eater, the dieter and the binge eater. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's just, it kind of walks you through a little bit of like how to start just noticing again, noticing when they come up, noticing where they are in your body and just you know, like, what do they tend to say? And how can I respond to them in a way that's like compassionate and curious, mm-hmm. like just getting started with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, that's just taking the time to, again, like walk out of the kitchen or wherever the triggering space is, you know, if you can take five minutes to kind of sit down yeah. and like, what's going on in there, who's talking in there, like, you know, who's, who's kind of leading me to the, to the pantry right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's the first step. That's yeah. the first step. And I mean, that takes time and right. practice, right? Because we're so used to just the autopilot. I still do that. Autopilot. I want the Reese's done, you know? Oh, and, and then so it's like, <laughs> <I know. laughs> so yeah, absolutely. And then I go, oh my God. Like, and I know part of the game is, um, you're a therapist. You should know better. Like, mm. Why don't you check in with yourself? Yes. You know? And it's like, yeah, I'm also a human being. You really just wanted the Reese's. So yes. like, it's okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. love that. So, so when you notice it, kind mm-hmm. of step away, take mm-hmm. some time to ask, like, what is what are my thoughts at? Where am I at yes. right now? What is this part of me? And yes. you might still go get the Reese's. You might still go get the Reese's. Or totally. Uh-huh. You might get distracted by something. Or you <laughs> might realize, again, you need to go take your dog for walks. That's right. It is, but exactly. I love that. It's responding. Exactly to mm-hmm. what you need at the time rather than just having mm-hmm. it. When this happens, I'm going to do that. Like, that's I, right. I love that's that. right. Such that's right. That's right. Compassionate yeah. approach to it. It really is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very, again, non-pathology. And again, this is a part that just wants to help you. Yeah. This part just wants to be helpful. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, okay, I hear you. That's great. I love that. But let's kind of chat about this for a second. Like, you know, <laughs> maybe let's have, <laughs> let's have a little conversation. Oh, you are so cool. I'm wondering if you can plug all of your things, like sure. website, podcast, Instagram, like how, where can people find you? Okay, cool. So my website is your weight is not your worth.com. Oh, um, yeah. yes. <laughs> so pretty much everything is on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Instagram is at Kim Daniel Sidey. I'm like, I have a TikTok account. I have not posted a video yet, but I know, which is also Kim Daniel Sidey. I'm like that. So I have parts that are like, 
tomorrow. We'll do tomorrow. We'll start that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. That was supposed to be this afternoon. Didn't happen. But anyway, <laughs> so maybe, but maybe by the time this comes out, I will actually have a video on there. Um, so, and then I have, um, let's see, I, um, again, on my website, there's the eating parts, cheat sheet things. Cool. There's, I also have, um, like a free, um, eat, e-course that's like why diet why diets don't work and how to stop them for good and that is at, again you can find on my website but it's also at bit.ly slash exiting diet culture okay um and yeah th- those are the best places and oh my podcast is um the emotional eating and everything else podcast yes. so we I, so i started i wasn't talking as much about ifs because again i think i had parts that were like um and so but but I was like you know what fuck it like this is what I do if you don't like it don't listen to it whatever Mm -hmm. I totally get that I respect that um so you'll see that I think I'm on episode like 20 I think I've released like 28 like the first Mm -hmm. few were more intuitive eating e and then we got more into IFS and Mm -hmm. so now it's kind of a a balance of the two so it's kind of anything and everything that relates to emotional eating so I know you're going to come on and talk about movement so because that relates to I'm so excited to talk to you again Yes. Yeah, that'll be that'll be good. And I again, yeah. I think too just um even when I think about like my this podcast, I've it's 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 cool to like connect the dots and we just are able totally. to see that like what we thought was just one thing actually impacts so many other things and it's like if I'm feeling this way, other people are or if my of client course. brings this up, like this might you know, so it's I of think course. it's impossible to just stay mm-hmm. the course without mm-hmm you know, mm-hmm. thinking of how best to help other people. So totally. I love that and everything else. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm like, I don't know. I love We're it. We're going to talk about anything and everything. I, I love it. That's perfect. <laughs> and all, um, for folks that are listening, all of those links will be included in the show notes. So you don't have to, um, re-listen and write them down. You can just click below to find them. Awesome. Um, Kim, this was so fun. <laughs> it was so fun. It was, it was oh. just great. Thank you so much for having yes. me on so quickly. Like I didn't have to sit around and like fret about it. So oh, gotcha. it's all good. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just quick. I just get her. I love that thing. It's like, absolutely. I think absolutely. When, I, when I first started, I would like mull over perfect questions and how is this going to go? And I'm like, Oh, I do a lot better if I'm just like, Ooh, I can't wait to learn about this, but I'm curious. Yeah. I'm curious. See? See? Oh. <laughs> Curiosity. Tying, tying it all back together. I so love great. it. You put the nice little pin at the top. Yeah, That's perfect. So <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another episode of GTB. If you're enjoying this podcast, feel free to head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate, review, and subscribe. You can also share this podcast on Instagram and tag me at Give em the Bird Podcast. I will see you back here next week for another episode, but in the meantime, go give them the bird.